There will be times when standing alone feels too hard, too scary, and we'll doubt our ability to make our way through the uncertainty. Someone somewhere will say, don't do it. You don't have what it takes to survive the wilderness. This is when you reach deep into your wild heart and remind yourself, I am the wilderness. The Small Queendom Podcast, episode 20. Welcome back to the Small Queen of Podcast. I am your host, Leah Graham. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are new to the podcast, we are all about helping you move from surviving to thriving so you can have a beautiful, bold queendom in your everyday life. We just want to help you move the needle a little bit. And I hope that you feel like you are sitting and talking to a friend because that's what I wanted to be. I'm not some person high up in the sky trying to tell you what to do. I'm just a girl sitting at her desk talking into a microphone, all right? Uh, thank you so much for all of my longtime listeners. We have hit episode 20, and I'm excited about it. I am choosing to celebrate that I have hit 20 episodes of this thing. You know, it, I started at zero, and it's just all gonna for there. We are streaming in 24 countries, and we have just consistent listen, listeners all around, and um, I'm just really grateful. Specifically, I want to extend my gratitude for the people that reached out and in response to last week's episode where I was sharing more of my story. I was humbled and grateful when uh, so many of you sent me a message, a DM, an email, a text, even some phone calls, um, not just in response to my story, but starting to share and open up about your experiences and some difficult and some tender places that you have gone through. And just thank you so much for trusting me with that. And I think that this is, um, this just shows me that I'm on the right track. You know, I, I want to, I want to be there for you and I want us to all be able to move the needle. I want us all to be able to stop the harmful patterns and I want us all to be able to really live a more vibrant life. So thank you for all that. So let's get on with today. So I'm going to start with our review of the week. Thank you so much to Andrea Casey. She says, I've so enjoyed listening to this podcast. Thank you, Leah, for sharing your heart with us. I started listening in hopes that I would gain more knowledge about essential oils, but I've learned so much more than that. You have given wonderful life advice, awesome beauty tips, spiritual inspiration, and you share such a positive outlook on life. Your podcast is something I look forward to every Monday. Thanks for sharing. And thank you, Andrea. You all, I'm serious. Every time I read a new review that's come up on iTunes, I am filled with so much gratitude. Thank you so much, Andrea, for taking the time and everyone else. And if you have not yet left me a rating and review over on iTunes, it literally takes 30 seconds to do and helps me so much. All right. So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a part two, a continuation of last week's. And when I was thinking about this part of the story, I always want to relate it to you. I always want you to feel like, even if you're hearing something that's personal from me, that you can apply it in your life. My question that I always ask myself is, well, what do I want my listeners to do? 
you know, because this podcast isn't just about me. It's about you too. I appreciate the time that you spend um, listening to this, whether you're on your commute or you're doing chores around your house or you're taking a walk. I just, I thank you for, you know, being a part of this. And so I always want to bring a high amount of value. Oops, I totally just dropped my pen there, okay? (laughs) I want to bring an incredible amount of value to you. So if I thought about this podcast theme, I think I would call it Unfinished Business. So while I'm telling this story, I want you to think about the kind of unfinished business that you have. Maybe it's an idea. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's a, a bridge to rebuild. Maybe it's a dream to start on. I don't know. It could be literally 500 different things. Just, it's going to be different for everyone. But if I came up to you and I said, what is your unfinished business? You probably would have an answer. So I'm going to tell you about my unfinished business in the time that I re-met my sister for the first time. So about four years ago, I was at a Christmas party. So it was Christmas of 2014. And the event space that we were at, um, it was in a, a beautiful uh, building. And it was held on the grounds of a place I actually used to live. And it was a great party. It was for our doTERRA team. We were about to leave. When I saw someone who is over the whole facility, they came in. And I, you know, this is another story for another day, but it's not really someone that I particularly like to see. There was some conflict there and, but I was decided to be, you know, kind of nice and and cordial. And I said, hello. And this person said, I have something for you that I have held on to for 10 years. And I'm like, what, what are they talking about? And it was the kind of moment that felt like a movie moment. It felt like the room kind of faded and he pulled out this envelope and handed it to me. And he said, this is a letter from your dad. And I was like, what? Now, mind you, at this point, I had not seen my father in 16 years at this point. Okay. 16 years. And I'm, I'm, I'm holding this letter and I can see his handwriting. It says Lee on it. And I'm like, what in the world? First of all, I'm thinking, why have you had this for 10 years? Because this person knew where I lived. We had tons of mutual acquaintances. And I was like, why have you been holding onto this letter for 10 years? But I didn't say anything. I just said, thank you. And I put it in my purse. We finished cleaning up from the party and we got in the car. And I told my husband, I said, he had handed me a letter from my dad. You know, at this point, remember, like my feelings about my father, I was pretty like up in the air and there's a lot of uncertainty about that, some negativity. And I opened up this letter and it was like a time capsule because here I am in 2014. I'm married. I have my daughter. I have my business. I hadn't really thought about getting in touch with my Michigan family. And there's this letter from my dad and it was dated the end of April, 2004. And it was a quick note. It was basically a reaching out, you know, I I just want to, you know, get back in touch with you kind of thing. I miss you. I love you. You know, all has been, you know, forgiven. Just call me kind of thing. And there was even a couple pictures and even a calling card, you know, because it's 2004 at that point. I did not even know how to feel about this. What I felt so frustrated because this person had my property for 10 years and didn't tell me. 
Like, that's a movie moment. Like, who holds on to a letter for someone from a relationship? You know, there was some unfinished business there for 10 years. And I got this letter. I told my husband. I told my best friend. And I didn't tell anyone else. And I didn't know what to do about it. So I literally held onto it for two years. And mind you, you know, again, I didn't have any contact with my Michigan family. You know, the feelings that I felt about reaching out to the family were kind of shrouded in a lot of negativity. Just the voices that I was hearing was that, you know, they wanted nothing to do with me. I was just uh, going to be used as a pawn. Um, you know, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't like me. They never liked me. I wasn't important to them. Just a lot of negativity around it, around the situation. Even though I'm an adult, you know, like that's hard to get those kinds of ideas out of your head. So two years go by and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And I was at my friend's house, my best friend's house, and they were putting away their Christmas decorations and I was helping them just on a Sunday afternoon. And my friend's husband, you know, looked at me, he's like, Leah, well, why aren't you reaching out to your dad? You know, he wrote you that letter. And I, you know, I expressed, you know, my uncertainty about it. And, and I said, you know, if I, if I go back, that's going to stir up a lot of stuff for them. They've moved on in their life. You know, they have their own careers. They have their own families. Like, I don't want to disrupt their whole life by just being like, hey, I'm back, you know, kind of thing. I'll never forget what my friend's husband said. He looked at me and he said, Leah, if my dad was still alive, you better believe that I would be talking to him. And that hit me because my friend's father died when he was 16 and his time was cut short with him. And he said, you know, your dad is alive. And he goes, it doesn't matter what happened between, you know, your parents' marriage. He said, like, that doesn't have to do with the fact that you are the child, you know, and he is your dad. And I really, I realized like, okay, I've got to figure this out. So six more months go by and that's when I started my counseling, kind of digging into all that. You heard about that, but I'm still thinking about, I've got this letter. I've got this letter. I still have not reached out to my dad. And so at this point, it is about a year ago, October of 2017. And I just remember my counselor looking at me one day and she said, it's time. She goes, it is time. It's time for you to reach back out. And I said, how can I? Well, how do I do this? And I decided that I was going to send my sister an email. Because I thought, you know, I'm not going to call. You know, calling at this point seems so, so direct. You know, I prefer a text. If someone wants to call me, I prefer them to text me first. Are y'all like this? I prefer a text first to be like, hey, I'm thinking about calling you. Um, let me know if it's a good time. I'm a text before a call kind of person. And so I'm thinking, how am I going to reach out to her? Um, so I found out that she was in, um, a company called Rodan and Fields. Um, I just look, looked at her, um, social media. And so I just clicked like her business link and there was her email listed. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. So I typed a really difficult email. And it wasn't difficult. It wasn't difficult, but it was hard. You know, it was difficult, but it wasn't difficult. I don't know how to explain that other than it was. And it was so simple. It was just like, hi, you know, I don't really know what to say. I'm just trying to reach out. 
And I think I said something like, you know, you don't even have to write back, but I'm, you know, I'm just, I've been in counseling and I'm just trying to reach out. Something to the, that effect. You know, very simple, very straightforward. But before I could hit the send button to reach back out to my sister, I had a really big choice. It felt like this was the line in the sand. It felt like the voices that I had heard for such a long time were so opposed to this idea. You know, this idea that there was so much uncertainty, that I was going to, you know, bring so much pain up. They moved on. They didn't care about me. Um, What if they were bad people? What if I was completely rejected? But this just felt like such unfinished business. It felt like in my quest to figure out like all of this stuff that life threw at me, I knew that I had to do this one thing. And just a couple weeks prior, I had finished reading the book Braving the Wilderness by Brené Brown. And the tagline for that book is the quest for true belonging and the courage to stand alone. Because it felt like there was no one that could go out into that wilderness except me. That, that no man's land of limbo, of really, you know, stepping across the line in the sand, you know, from one side to the other. And I felt like it was a false choice to feel like I had to choose one or the other. But that felt like the choice that was at me at the time. And so Brené has this um, beautiful, beautiful quote. And it goes like this. There will be times when standing alone feels too hard too scary, and we'll doubt our ability to make our way through the uncertainty. Someone somewhere will say, don't do it. You don't have what it takes to survive the wilderness. This is when you reach deep into your wild heart and remind yourself, I am the wilderness. And that's when I hit send. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say things were not hunky-dory when I got the reply email. My sister acknowledged that I had sent her email. She acknowledged that probably what I, you know, had to go through to hit send was difficult, but she was not ready to talk to me. And that felt like a sting. It felt like all of those fears were coming true. It didn't feel like this was the way I was supposed to go. A couple days later, though, um, my dad emailed me and said that he really wanted to hear from me. And it took me like a week to be able to call him. It was, it felt too hard. It felt too scary. How do I talk to someone of 19 years? But I did it. I called him up. And, you know, we talked for a long time, a long time. And it was good. It was good. It felt really good to hear his voice. It felt good to talk about hard stuff. Um, and it felt really good to make new roads. To, it felt really good to start fresh. And so I'm really grateful that I stepped out into that wilderness. You know, I'm really grateful that my friend had the courage to really call me out on my fear and call me out on my lack of action. And so I want to tell you a little bit more about this story, but I want you to really think about what is unfinished business that's in your life. What is some deep work that you need to do? What is something that is always like a little mosquito in your ear? I want you to think about it, okay? So that was a year ago. It was so great because um, my dad and his wife were able to come down for Thanksgiving. And that was really, really, really special to be able to just, 
you know, again, just start to mend old wounds, start to build new roads and just really start to kind of brave that wilderness some more. But at the same time, it was really evident that my sister wanted nothing to do with me. And even more heartbreaking was that my brother wanted nothing to do with me. And if I'm really, really, really honest, the person that I missed the most from my family was my brother because he was the closest to me in age and we just had spent so much time together and he really had taken really sweet care of me as his younger sister. And it was so hard. I felt like my heart was like this raw, this just raw moment. And anytime my brother and sister were mentioned and it was just like, it was such a closed door, you know, it was, it just felt like a huge, um, just a wound that was just so fresh. I just felt like all of those feelings, those uncertainties, the being unwanted, the being unseen, like that I didn't matter, like that I was rejected. It was just all so, so fresh. And on the other side of that, while I don't want to tell her story, I do want to say that me coming back into the picture was a huge amount of upheaval for my sister. It was just almost too much for her. And she became um, caught up in some negative um, patterns. And she was using other things to numb these feelings. And what she really needed to do was to dig back and, uh, and find those old wounds that she had pushed away, that she had tried to work so hard to not have to face. Um, and so she kind of went through a really rough patch for many months. So while my dad and I were rebuilding our relationship through the winter and even into the spring, she was getting to an all-time low, all because of an email, all because I had showed up. And again, this felt like that worst fear was coming true. I thought, this is not how it's supposed to be. And anytime my dad would talk about it, it just felt like just so much grief and so much pain and so much hurt feelings were just being stirred up. It was not easy. This is not an easy story. You know, I'm like, this is not how this is supposed to be. I have this letter from 10 years. I finally reach out, you know, after holding the 10-year-old letter for two more years. And then everything is not hunky-dory. Though things feel um, awesome, best case scenario with my dad. Um, it just felt so good to have someone uh, cheerful on the other end of the phone and just to be like, you know, able to text and just be like, hey, dad, you know, it just felt really good. And so anyway, um, my sister heard that I was going to a counselor and she kind of made fun of me about that. Well, <laughs> she changed her tune because she finally, um, I believe it was in February, started to see a counselor and go through some trauma therapy. And uh, she started doing um, EMDR, uh, for those of you who are specifically interested. And that was life-changing for her. Well, fast forward the story. Um, in July of 2018, so this past summer, um, we took a little trip to see my dad up in Michigan and we stayed with him for a few days. We even went to Lake Michigan and it was just a really nice time, short visit, and we came home. Well, by the time we went up there, my sister was getting really close to wanting to talk to me. After we made that visit, I think she knew that, hey, you know, like Leah's legit here. Leah's been doing hard work and so has she. And she sent me an email just a couple weeks later. So we hit August. I get this email from her. And she's like, you don't have to respond to me. I know, you know, this carries a lot of emotion. But just to let you know that, like, I'm here. And you all, this took 10 months. 10 months from the first email that I sent to her to for her to turn around. 
So when you think about your unfinished business, this is not a quick fix. This is not a quick fix at all. This is not it. This is not going to be something that's easy. But when I think about reaching out to my family, building those new roads, causing healing in one way or another, like that is something that is worth so much. And I think that I, it would be wrong for me to consider that it would come easy, that it wouldn't come with a tremendous amount of heartache. So I immediately wrote her back and we started having really, really long emails. And uh, I'm just so happy to tell you that um, we got on the phone with each other and it was crazy to hear her voice on the other side. She sounded just like I remember. She has this northern accent. I just remember the, her, her sweet laugh. There it was. And it was crazy. Almost 20 years of not seeing each other. Well, actually, it was 20 years of not seeing each other. And it felt familiar. It felt so familiar to talk to her. You know, she would say, hey, remember so-and-so or remember when we went here? And it was like, oh my gosh, yes. And we would talk for hours. We'd talk for like two hours at a time. And we talked about some really, really, really hard memories. And I remember that sometimes it would take me a couple hours after I'd hang up the phone with her and I would just like go and cry because there's just, there's a lot of stuff to be sad about, you know, especially when you're healing. Sometimes things have to get really raw for things to get better, you know? Well, we decided that we needed to meet. So we got an Airbnb and we decided to meet each other halfway in Columbus, Ohio in, um, I guess it was at the... And no, it was at the very beginning of September. And I'll never forget that five hour drive. I'm driving up all of the feelings, literally all of the feelings. What am I doing? I need to turn around or my gosh, I need to speed up so I can get there faster. And I just, I'll never forget the song that I was listening to when I pulled up and um, I took the wrong turn. So I had to go go around and I was like, oh, she was already there. And I pull into the parking spot and I look over and there she is. And she gives me the biggest smile and she jumps out of her car and runs around to me. And I get out and, oh, we gave each other the biggest hug, the biggest hug. I'll never forget it. It wasn't like put on or anything. It was just like, oh, all the feelings. And I thought about all the times I, you know, cried and grieved about the situation, all the uncertainty All of those moments in that cold, dark, damp, scary, wet, rocky wilderness that I felt like I had been in for so long. And there I was hugging my sister. And that's when I met her for the second first time. And I'm going to tell you something about when you give someone a hug. You can tell a lot when you give someone a hug. If you give someone a hug and they're stiff and you can feel like there's some tension there or there's some reserve I think that says something. Of course, it could say something if there's something going on in your relationship. But when I gave my sister that hug that day, it was like this, I don't know, how do I express the hug? It was no walls. There were no walls. It was just me meeting my sister when we cried and then we just laughed and it was awesome. And it was just a quick 24-hour trip really. But it just felt like we had picked up from really, I don't know where, because really in Michigan, we weren't that close. She was older than me. I was, you know, a young girl getting into her stuff. And we really hadn't ever been close. 
And so when we were able to just like talk and we're both mothers and we both have careers and she's successful, she's been successful in many ways. She has done just such an incredible job, you know, educating herself, being an incredible nurse. She also, you know, started her own business and is successful in an MLM. And so it just felt like, you know, it, it felt like someone that was so familiar, but yet so new at the same time. And it, and those, the stories just kept pouring out and it just felt so good to reconnect with my sister anyway. So, but that wasn't an overnight thing. It took 10 months, my unfinished business that took me 19 years to do, you know, that unfinished business for me took a lot of work to get to that point, to step out into that wilderness of unknown and uncertainty. You know, when I stepped out and I reached out to her, it was not peaches and cream. You know, it was not just sunshine and roses and rainbows and unicorns. She went through a really, really, really dark time because of me. You know, I was the source of a lot of pain being stirred up. And then she had to do her unfinished. She had to do her unfinished business, you know, which was to work through the feelings from her past. But now what do we have on the other side? I have just someone that I am um, just loving getting to know. She even came down to surprise me for my birthday. Um, incredible. My husband and my, uh, my best friend, they, they totally surprised me. I did not know what was going on. I show up to lunch on my birthday and they walk in and then a couple minutes later, there she is. Um, incredible. Then she ended up switching around her schedule. So when she got home, she had to work seven days straight. That is love right there. Oh my gosh, that is love. Seven days straight she worked just so she could come down and surprise me. Anyway, and then I'm just so excited to tell you that um, just today I have been on the phone with my brother just today you all today 20 years it took a year for me to talk to my brother so this is all happening right now but I want you to really think about your story maybe it isn't about broken relationships maybe it's about something that you and your family need to do I don't know what it is maybe it's fixing your marriage maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's writing a book. Maybe it's getting healthy. Maybe it's focusing on your health. I really don't know, but what is your unfinished business? Because sometimes you just have to put one foot in front of the other. You have to be okay with not knowing how it will end. You have to be okay that it might not happen overnight. You might have to be okay that things have to get worse before they can get better. I'm so glad that I decided to work on my unfinished business because there's been a lot of healing. There's been a ton of healing to come because of it. I have not only gained a sister, I've gained a brother-in-law, I've gained a nephew, I've gained a niece, you know, incredible amount of, of richness now in my life because of, of, of new relationships. And now as of today, you all, my story is live. It's happening like now I'm back with my brother and it feels so good. So I just want to encourage you, whatever that unfinished business is, it's time to hop to it. Okay.
I've got a couple fun things to share with you today. So you all, if you follow me over on Instagram at Small Queendom and you watch my Instagram stories, you'll probably notice that I'm a pretty big fan of earrings. Oh my gosh. I am obsessed with my new earrings by Kingston Jewelry. If you are not following Kingston Jewelry on Instagram, you are missing out because it is so much fun. It's like confetti in your newsfeed. These earrings are handmade and they are just, oh my gosh, I love it. I want to get the artist on my podcast just so I can talk to her. They are just colorful and they're big, but they're not heavy. So they're not like hurting my earrings. Anyway, I just put them on while I was recording this podcast just because I needed an excuse to wear them. They've got these tassels. They're just so cute. So be sure to check her out. I will put her Instagram link in the show notes. Right, the second thing I want to talk to you about is an oil because I realized I didn't talk about oils in a while. If you are new here on the podcast, I am a huge fan of doTERRA essential oils. They have completely changed my life, transformed my family's health. We have not had a sick visit in six years. Uh, we are just experiencing a, a lifestyle of wellness. These oils are just toolkits um, that we use just for so much. But one thing that I love the most besides the physical properties are the emotional properties. When you use an essential oil, when you smell it, when you take it um, internally, when you're putting it on your skin, your body is responding to the chemistry of the essential oil. And it's so neat because an essential oil causes a response in the body. It, it activates the immune system to um, either repair or get rid of uh, bad cells or damaged cells. Um, it causes a change in the body. It helps the systems work better. So whatever the system is supposed to do, it just helps it create a sense of homeostasis and balance. So if the digestive system isn't working well, it helps the digestive system work you know, the right way. And so while oils are doing this to us on the physical level, you know, I believe that we are a whole person. We're physical, spiritual, we're, you know, emotional. We have all of that intertwined. When our body is working better and processing and resting and repairing and doing all the things, I believe that it affects our emotions. You know, think about if you are, are you, if you're hurt, or if you're having inflammation or pain, you don't, it's hard to feel good. Like you have to be so intentional to feel happy. Uh, imagine if you have a stomach ache, it's hard to smile and you know, fake it if your stomach's hurting. So think about when that physical component is good, like how much um, better it is to dive into that emotional space. So today I'm going to talk about an oil that's usually used for physical stuff, but I'm going to talk about the emotional uses and it is called DDR prime. So it's our, uh, damaged DNA repair blend, and it's known as the oil of transformation. So for the body, this oil has frankincense, wild orange, lemongrass, thyme, summer savory, and a couple other oils. And so this is a huge oil for helping the body get rid of bad cells or um, repair any kind of damage. So that's what it does on the physical level. So it's also great for the nervous system function, um, a healthy level of inflammation. Um, but one reason I love it is for the emotional benefits. So it's called the oil of transformation. I'm going to read from my book. Um, so this uh, repairing blend works emotionally as well as physically with the cycles of life and death and personal transformation. By putting off the old, we become free to experience the new, and this is transformation. This blend supports the body's sick or damaged cells to either transition or to transform, repair, and renew. 
Through the help and support of this blend, individuals can assist their body, cells, energy, and emotions in returning to balanced, healthy, and authentic state. This blend is particularly supportive in releasing all types of negative family patterns, which are recorded in the body itself, in the DNA. You know, if you've ever, you know, heard like, oh, it's in my genes to like big earrings. <laughs> I don't know. Or it's in my genes to be an adrenaline junkie. Or, you know, it's in my genes to like shoes, you know, whatever. Like there are stuff passed in your family history, you know, illness and likes and dislikes and personalities. That stuff is passed in families. And this oil, by what it does physically, it helps to create that change emotionally. It's suited for people who struggle with debilitating circumstances as it helps to relieve feelings of doubt, disbelief, despair, and burden. And it teaches individuals to reclaim their life energy and to believe that change is possible. This blend supports the process of regaining health and vitality by encouraging the release of the old and the birth of the new. So it's great for when you're feeling discouraged, toxic, stuck, and burdened by family patterns. And the positive properties are helping you be repaired, balanced, and, uh, rebirth, vitality, healthy, open to change, and transformation. So I thought this would be a fun oil. I literally have been taking this oil in a capsule probably every night for a year. So kind of coinciding along with this whole journey. Uh, My body feels great. My immune system is in um, so much of a better condition than it was um, probably about a year ago. I was getting sick a lot. I think it was a lot of the stress that was causing that. And now it's just, it's just, really feeling, feeling good. I feel like I'm gaining momentum on my health. I feel like I'm gaining momentum with my emotional wellness. Um, and it just, it feels so good. And when all of that is better, like, you know, what comes next? Spiritual wellness, right? So that's the most important of all. Anyway, so that's what I'm digging. Earrings and oils. So unfinished business. Where is the unfinished business in your life? I want you to Think about how you can start getting that ball rolling. Maybe you have, and let me know if you have. Tell me if your unfinished business is starting to get done, okay? That's what this is about. For me, meeting my sister for the second first time was a representation of 20 years of unfinished business, okay? I think you're wonderful. I think you're smart. I think you're capable. I believe in you. And I just want to know what your life would look like if your unfinished business was completed. All right? Until next time. Bye. And don't forget, if you're listening during October of 2018, I am having birthday giveaway. So if you are not yet on my email list, all you have to do is sign up to my email list and you will be entered to win. I'm giving away some really fun stuff. I've got a whole goodie bag I'm giving away with. Check out the show notes. I'm giving away essential oils. I'm giving away some small queen of swag. Super, super cool. I'm giving away a rifle paper company gift card. I'm giving away everybody always by Bob Golf and a really, really cool water bottle because hashtag hydration.